Alright guys, welcome to episode 101 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week we're going to talk about Dalmatians. Fucking with you. We're going to talk about Horizon Forbidden West. We're going to talk about Severance. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 version, uh, being laughably bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about The Shining at length. Um, and Master and Commander... And then lastly, we touch on uh, the NBA season and what we what we have seen unfold and what we hope to see unfold in the future. Mm-hmm. But first. start with what we've been playing or watching mm-hmm. um so i'll let you start uh, just because you have a few more things um okay. yeah. so go ahead and start with whatever thing on your list you wanted to touch on first yeah yeah, yeah. so i have a i have a video game a movie actually two movies and a show and i'll start with uh i'll start with the game just because i i don't have much to say about it almost okay. you know you're playing it and it's like spoilery a little bit um, but I finally finished Horizon Forbidden West after okay. two and a half months, I guess. Two months, two and a half. Um, and it was fantastic. Um, I would say it's... Uh, how can I say it? It's, uh, it's the How to Train Your Dragon 2 of Horizon games. Um, have you seen those movies? Or, uh, have, how to Train Your Dragon? I have not. Okay. okay. So the, the first one's fantastic. Um, and I would say that the second one is almost as good, but the thing that's holding it back... I'm not holding it back, but the thing that prevents it from being, like, ama- amazing is the fact that you've already been there. Um, so, like, the first game, you know, the first time I played it, you sort of, it starts off and you're like, it, it was like a mystery to it, like, how is she connected to it, and she's just this yeah. up-and-comer, Aloy, and, you know, the game within the game, like, the story within the story. So, like, the, you know, there's, like, the whole story about, like, what's going on in the world? Like, what does this mean that, that there's robots? But then there's, like, a, right. an internal story, which is, like, what is the story of the clans and stuff? Um, both of those felt new, and they were like, whoa, like, there's a, a whole new power, and, and everything was fresh. There's, like, you, you know, you go to the desert, and you're like, whoa, and then you see, like, a new dra- a new monster at the end, or whatever. And, like, the rock breaker, you're like, whoa, holy shit, that's crazy. And, and also the experience of, like, that's not to say, like, hmm, I'm trying to think of what to kind of bridge this gap here. So, like, every sequel brings over stuff from its previous game. So, mm-hmm. like... I don't want anybody to take what I'm saying is be like, duh, it's a sequel. But, like, all of, I think part of what also helped the first one is the idea of hunting and, like, getting the resources from each individual monster, like, was so such a unique thing for a lot of people, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was like, not only are these, like, robots instead of monsters, and we don't know why they're robots, but I'm also still hunting them like regular you know, animals and yeah, creatures, yeah. and so, like, aiming for specific things, and, I, I, like, a lot of that newness and, you know, has faded off in the sequel, at least so far that I've played, like, the, yeah. it's, it's not as engaging just because you're like, yeah, you know, 
Like, yeah, chances are, this thing has horns, probably going to need the fucking horns. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's not really, like, the game's fault, right? Like, the game does everything it can to make it better. Like, mm-hmm. or to, 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 you know, it gives you better combat. It gives you more, more, like, robotic animals. It gives you, like, flying ability. It gives you, like, uh, new things to mount. It gives you, like, different characters. The fu- uh, the fucking facial animations are ridiculous, yeah. dude. Like, they, um, Mikey came over one day and played it, and he's like, dude, those faces are, like, they're like the most realistic faces I've ever seen. It's like they mocapped every single face that's in this game. You oh, know what dude, I mean? They yeah. didn't. They didn't phone it in on any of the animation. No, like, no, no. We and brought there's... in a separate actor for each person. Oh yeah, and and, they, it. and um, uh, you know, and you know how there's like some scenes that are clearly like not meant to be like. You can't see dialogue. You can't skip them because they're like cutscenes. They're like you can't yeah. skip. And there's some that you can, which is of course usually in games are like the more low res ones. Yeah. They're like the exact same. So mm-hmm. it's not the game's fault that it's just not as new. It's just like that's what happens when you make a sequel. It's like you're not gonna change in enough to where it's a completely different game. But everything that they've added, everything that they've improved on, is better. But like you know exactly think... like How to Train Dragon, where you know the, the first one's amazing, the second one looks better. But it's it's not more of the same. The story's different, but it, it, it's never going to be like that first time you saw them ride the dragons, right? Right, and I think I, I think I guess hmm, I guess more of my point is that I, like I wonder going if I, if I were to go back and play the first one now, mm-hmm. like hmm, I think maybe the story. Being what it was in the first one, and mm-hmm. the uniqueness of the experience that I talked about, because not to say like, like you said, it's a sequel. All sequels have this problem, but I think because it was such a unique experience, even comparing it to other games, mm-hmm. like I wonder if those two things maybe shielded some of the like you know took your mind off some of the more like monotonous and less fun aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the story was so intriguing. Like, that's one thing I'm kind of, like, I was going to say about the game so far for me, is that it's very, like, this game, has, the story has not pulled me in at all. Like, there, there, not that it hasn't pulled me in at all, but, like, there are brief moments and bursts of me being like, oh, what the fuck? Like, this is, oh, this is interesting. Like, I'm super engaged. But very quickly, I'm like, alright, like, I'm good. Uh, it, it's because I think so much... Like you said, the first game, we're like, why are there even fucking monsters here? Like, why are these all robots? Yeah. Because they look like, you know, there's a bull, there's a horse, you know, you know what I mean? And you're like, well, those, there's deer. And you're like, but why are they all robots? What has happened? So, like, the whole game, you're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with that. This, there's none of the mystery, really. And yep. so, like, you get the, there's one, at least so far, for me, there's, like, one bit of, like, mystery, and it's even kind of been solved. It's just I don't have a solution for it yet, quite, mm-hmm. um, which I'm assuming you can guess what that is. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, but even still, like, my three main objectives right now, which I, I feel like if I say some of this, it's not going to, like, spoil anything. Like, my three main objectives are to, to gather these bits. Yeah, for... oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so I don't... Here's the thing. I'm going to throw this word out just because I heard you say it and I feel like this fits. 
right? Which is, um, and, and without even knowing the full definition or how this word's used, just based on context, I'm going to say, these feel like maybe what you would describe as a MacGuffin, which is that, like, I have to go to these areas, face completely separate problems just because. Like, yeah. the things that these three bits do it kills me that they're like, nah, it's not even useful anymore. Like, she's like, yeah, they're not going to do anything. I just need them. Like, yeah. that's like the whole thing. Is that like, this one controls plants. And there's problems with the plants. But she's like, ultimately, even with that, we're still fucked. I just need it. Like, and yeah, it's so, they're like, um, what's it called? They're fetch quests. But Right. But they're because... like, it's, it's like, it's like they put those there just to get me to a place where I have to deal with this asshole on a mountain. You know what I mean? They, like, it's like they designed this story of an asshole on a mountain, and they're like, "All right, well, to deal with them, we need to, like we need to give you a reason to go there. So let's just put this thing here." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you know, we we made a really cool design of you know a very glitz and glam city um, that looks cool, and so we're gonna need to give you a reason to go there. So here's this thing. You know what I mean? And it's like. I, it feels a little, like you said, it's like fetch quest, but it's almost like, it feels worse because the things that I'm doing in each of these places have nothing to do with my objective, right? I go to the chief, I'm like, hey, I need this thing that's underneath you. He's like, but first, you must help me. And it's like, all right, now we got this whole story. And it's like, well, you go to fucking this water area, and he's like, oh, well, you know, we could get down there, but first... You gotta help me, and it's just like I get those over and over again, and it, like it, it kind of hurts. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like so much of the first game was you unveiling everything and learning and learning and learning, whereas this is like, here's some stuff to do. Uh, <laughs> again, it's like I'm not learning anything. There's nothing intriguing. Um, I mean, like the storylines are fine on their own. It's just like it's not new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we've all played a game where there's some sort of group of people there's warring factions and i'm a third party like we've all we've all yeah, done yeah. That, you know what i mean so not sorry i didn't mean to hijack your your forbidden west no 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 no, no. but like uh, that's, no, that's I agree one of the with... issues i'm having with it currently no because i agree because i think i think once i started to feel like those fetch quests were happening but they i they weren't small ones and i knew that they were once you started to realize that they're big you're like oh this is what most of the game is going to be. Or, to, you know, a sizable chunk of the story is going to be these three things. And you go, oh. Yeah. It... Okay. It's like, like um, yeah, you have a... I, I, um, did you ever see the It movies, It 1 or 2? I have not. Okay. So 2 has a similar thing where something happens where it's... It, not a fetch quest, but you realize early on what the chunk of the story is going to be. And you immediately hit your gut. You go, oh. It's what we talked about Brave. We talk about right. Brave, where, where where once she becomes the the bear, you're like, oh, and about the third mark, you go, oh, that's what this movie's gonna be. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of disappointing because you were, you were so fresh. It's, it's not in, in, again. It's not bad, but you just go, oh. Yeah. What's all, all right, right? So here's. Hmm. This, I think also this kind of just led me to like a realization of a point I was like kind of maybe misplacing before. Um, I was so I had a feeling, and I was kind of placing it on how open this game felt. Um, as opposed to the other ones. But now that I think about it more, I think it has to do with the um, the lack of intrigue in the story, which is to say that, like, one of my problems with open-world games 
is that I either... Here's the thing. I want to do all the stuff in an open world game. I just, like, I, I want to do all of it. My problem is, is that if I enjoy the story, I am going to burn straight through the story. Because, one, the story generally, like, one thing that throws me off is, like, for the sake of immersion, like, when a story's like, oh, no, like, in, in an open world game, at least, the story's like, oh, no, my hometown's being invaded, and that's the end of the mission. Like, mm-hmm. If I do anything else, this feels wrong. I need to get back there. Like, I understand I can stop and do new story, like, side missions on the way. But, like, there's a sense of urgency. We need to speed this up. Like, you know what I mean? So, I'm, like, naturally, just because I'm invested in the story and my character may be like, oh, no, my village is being raided. You're like, fuck, I gotta go save the village. And so, you go there and you plow through the main story. And, like, for me... I don't end up doing side quests until I hit a lull in the story. Like, things have calmed down for a moment. I'm like, yeah. okay, now it's time for me to do some other stuff. This game, I've actively avoided doing the main story quests. I'm, like, doing every side quest I can because I don't have, like... The main stories are just side quests, but big. Like, th- yeah. that's the extent to which I have them. And so I'm just like... Do I want to do a big side quest or do I want to do a small side quest? It's like the answer is I want to do a small side quest because it's going to be quick and I can get like four of them done. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's super, I don't know. I, I think the story so far has been a very disappointing thing, which is crazy because I think the the idea that I've already gotten, like the game has already given me what's happening, seems like it could have been done so much better. Like, but it feels so detached. Mm. It's like... Here's this giant problem, but like, go do some bullshit for like the whole first half. And it's like, well, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it should have just been like, I don't know, like, one, or maybe like trim them up, you know, cut them up a little bit instead of being like, here's three things that are going to take up hours and hours. Also, I've seen, like, I, I've seen the guy, or one of the guys, right? You have an encounter. Um, like, and I'm almost, I've done, and I did the whole second quest for lack of a better thing Uh and didn't have to deal with them at all like they might as well not even be in the picture and i'm like why don't you sprinkle these guys in like more often you know what i mean maybe that would add some urgency if i had to deal with this fucking problem more frequently i might be like fuck i need to get this figured out but i'm like there's a problem i've only ever seen it once it doesn't really seem to matter why am i bothering with it Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, no, yeah, I, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. But I, I do think at the end it does pick up a little bit, it does come together, but not enough to be like the end of the first one where I was like, God, that was so satisfying, that was amazing. I mean, it is satisfying, but you know, at the end of the first one I was like, oh my God, that's like... The first one was was so mind-blowing at so many different points. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you figure out she's a clone, you're like, fuck. Like, yeah. And then you're like, then you realize why they're all robots and the whole awful things that happen. You're like, fuck. Then yeah, yeah. there's a separate third awful thing. You're like, God dang it. Like, uh-huh. fucking all Elon Musk over here is fucking everything up. Um, and it's just like, there was some, it was, it pulled me in so many times. I was like, fuck, this is like amazing. And this one has pulled me in like once and then it never showed up again so far. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, ugh. But anyways, Horizon Forbidden West. The gameplay yeah. is still fine. It's the same game. It's like, I, I, it's weird. I'm kind of like stuck in that. Like, I'm like the game's good. Like, but like I don't have any urge to play it. But I know it's good, and I still play it. But like, 
you've mentioned before, like, there's some games you play, and then some games are like, you're at work, and you're like, fuck, I need to, like, I want to go play that thing. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah This yeah, doesn't yeah. have that quality. The first one did. Yes, um, absolutely. This one doesn't, doesn't for me, at least. Yeah, I totally, I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm playing, um, I started uh, Mass Effect, the first okay. one. And, I mean, it, it's good, and I, and I love the story, because I remember the story. It's so detailed, so rich. Um, but, um, the animation is just, it's just like, you go, holy shit, this is like 15 years ago, but it, it's leaps and bounds better. Right. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's Horizon Forbidden West. Except, I mean, except for the hair. Oh yeah. Except yeah, for that, that yeah, hair. Horizon yeah, it, went bonkers. And the weirdest thing was, is that like, I'm, I can't put my finger on what the fucking problem is. I'm like, it moves too much. Clear. It moves too much. Yeah. But it's like, like, it's like, like, what are the physics that are causing it to move too much? I'm like, does it not have enough weight? And I'm like, that can't be right because hair is not that heavy. Like, no. But like, and, for example, like, like what, when, when a girl moves her hair and she moves her, you know, from left to right, her hair like moves, but it like sticks to the clothes and like sort of slides down or it like clumps right. up. This one it goes. Yeah, it's like she moves a little left bit. To right, like a fucking like a bungee jumper. Like, like yeah. there's a bungee jumpers attached to the end of it. But I, like, I guess I just meant like specifically. I can't put my finger on like what they did wrong to cause it to do so so unnaturally. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I'm like they didn't. It's not, it doesn't seem like they put too much weight on it. It doesn't seem like they put not enough weight on it. Like I don't really know. Yeah. It does catch on her like shoulders and stuff sometimes, but sometimes it seems to just clip through everything all the time. It's really especially, weird. Especially if you have a like a headdress or like a helmet or something. Yeah. It like clips through a bunch on those and like, oh ugh. Yeah. It's it's really weird. I like how did they I don't know. I feel like I was about to say how did they not notice that? But it probably happened. They like Someone, like, three quarters of the way through development, they're like, you know, this is really distracting. They're like, well, shut the fuck up. We're out of time. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your mouth closed and don't tell anyone about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, yeah. Overall, um, what would you get for Horizon Forbidden West now that you've completed it? Um, I'd be like four, four and a half. I guess okay. out of five. Um, yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think if you like the first one, definitely check it out. I mean, there's no way that you're going to watch. You know, nobody, I mean, it might not reach the, the, the heights of the first one, but there's no way you're disappointed if you play this, if you like the first one. Yeah. And if you played this one straight up, you, well, I would take watch a video on YouTube that tells you the story because it's a lot. You can't just yeah, go into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's uh, Horizon Forbidden West. And uh, I can do a, another bit thing real quick before we move on sure. um, to one of yours. And, um the next thing I have is a show called Severance. Okay. And this one is on Apple TV Plus, and it's um, stars Adam Scott, John Turturro, and I guess I'm trying to think of who else would be popular. Pat- Patricia Arquette. And they were, um, and so this is directed by Ben Stiller, who did Escape at Denimora, which I talked about a couple weeks back, also with Patricia Arquette. Um, and so this one's really interesting. This is one of my favorite shows I've watched recently it is fascinating it's nine episodes each one's about an hour less probably like 45 minutes to 55 minutes um and i would say if you don't want to know that i'm gonna i'm not gonna mention the central premise again but i'm gonna say i'm gonna mention it over the next minute so if you don't want to know what the central premise is jump ahead skip ahead i would say um i went into it not knowing anything and i don't think it changed it that much because you figure it out like halfway through the first episode, but I know some people who wanted to go in completely blind, especially because the the, the posters and the trailers and all that, which I watched before, didn't give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But basically, so starting now, just a minute. So basically what the central premise of the show is, is that it's a big pharmaceutical company. Pharmaceutical tech, it's like Pfizer mixed with Apple. Um, people work at it on a specific floor. Mm-hmm. But the thing about is about the people on who work there, which includes Adam Scott, is that they have a chip in their brain implanted when they join the job. And so what happens is when they go to work, when they go into the elevator to go down to their level, it splits their personalities and memories. So when you are at work, you do not remember anything about your real life. And then when you're in your real life, you don't remember anything about work. So basically, mm, okay. you like close your eyes. Like if you were going to work, you close your eyes, open them, and then you'd be leaving work. Right. And then if you work there, you'd be leaving, you'd close your eyes, and you open them, and it'd be a whole new day. So you never sleep, right? You right. just kind of live. And it is absolutely fascinating what they do with that. Because what ends up happening is that you, the people who work there, which are like the four main characters that work there, are completely different people. Or not completely different, but they're they're different from their Audis, which is what they call them. Their Indies and their Audis. Right. It's completely different. And it is fascinating because some of them are like, I want to quit. I want to leave. I don't want to work here anymore because this is a, like a prison pretty much. Yeah. And they try to leave and they'll like literally walk out and then it'll be like them walking back in. <laughs> or they'll walk out and they're like, I want to quit. Why does, why does my Audi not want to quit? I don't understand. And like, well, sit down. We'll show you. And they'll sit down and they'll show them a video of their Audi talking to themselves being like, listen, we're going to work here no matter what you do. Okay. I need you to understand that I'm in charge here. You're going to work. And that's it. And it's incredible. Damn. Because then I end up, what I end up thinking about, you know, I would watch an episode because I usually only watch an episode a day and then, you know, I move on. Mm-hmm. Or I, you know, I do the next one the next day, and it, it, it's like one of the few shows that I've watched the last few years where, like, I would be thinking about it as I'm like cooking dinner or at work or you know whatever. I'd be like, what would that be like? Because like, it's like you're in a, it's like a prison movie or it's like a prison, mm-hmm. but the person who has you there is you, right? But right. it's not you. And then and then when you when you quit, like, what is that like? It, it's just like all these different ramifications. So. It's interesting because that premise is taken to, like, the fullest extent. And it has these... And so that's one thing I really like. Another thing I really like is the characters are great and the story itself, where the story goes, is great. And I'm not going to talk about it because it's it's full of great surprises. But I think the third thing I really like is the filmmaking. Like, there's these, like, really symmetrical shots. Everything looks like... um, did Did you ever play the game Control? I did not. I will bring it up uh, later, but I have not. Oh, okay, yeah. So that, that that game is has a similar sort of like retro future aesthetic to it that mm-hmm. I was thinking a lot about when I first started watching this. And I would say for anybody who's working in an office, it has like similar, it has these like great little nods to these like office things that, oh, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, like well, you work, you know, you work with other people, right? Like in an office, right? right? Like, with people. and 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 jobs try to bring in this like family or like communal aspect that sometimes is so forced it feels inhuman. Like they're like everybody, we're gonna have a pizza party, hey, because we're all friends here, hey. Yeah. But it's so dry and sterile, and somebody, you know, people just end up eating a pizza in a corner, and then they go back to back to work yeah. because it's like so. It's like this forced humanity onto something that's like not right because right. it's work, and so I there, there's like a bunch of these little touches of somebody who clearly the writers had working in a job that was like soul sucking because 
they like it's filled with these little touches. It's like, oh, the best the best guy who works in the office gets a tchotchke. Hey, <laughs> it's a little thing you put on your desk. Hey, and it's supposed to be like this big thing, right? And so that's what I really like. I love the little touches like that. Love the filmmaking. Love the story. And of course, the the, the premise is so cool. It's so unique. And I I think if if um if anybody has a chance to watch it, like on Apple TV Plus, I totally recommend it, one hundred percent. Um, I know, I think they used to, we, we talked about Ted Lasso, they had a trial, I don't know if they still do, but I do, I, I know if, if somebody out there was gonna, you know, watch a show and be like, I'm gonna pay for it for a month, there are, you know, there's Ted Lasso, um, this one, Severance, and there was one more, I think, oh, 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 uh, Coda, if you wanna watch the Best Picture winner from last year, and then there was, there's was another show called For All Mankind. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh there's a show called for all mankind that's pretty good so okay. I, I i think if, if anybody out there wants to give it a chance i there's you know two a plus shows and then a pretty good movie and then a show that i've heard is pretty good but i haven't got a chance to get around to yet so if you want to fork up i think is it like five or six bucks i think five or six bucks for one month totally worth it knock those out because dude like four or six bucks, yeah. five or six bucks it's like yeah, this sounds super interesting to me. And between this and Ted Lasso, I'm like, mm, I might have enough to just like, you know, ball out a little bit and you know, uh, get Apple Plus for like two months. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, and then you can knock them out super quick, and then you can try to time it to be like, all right, I don't have anything, you know, this week or like these next two months should be pretty easy. Or like, if I start now, June first, and do like, you know, boom, 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 knock those those out because yeah. you know, Ted Lasso is. See, I think they're two season one is 10 episodes season two is 12 and i remember it's 12 because i almost fucked that up yeah um but they're each a half hour and then these are nine episodes but they're all less than an hour they're easily i think they're all like 50, between 45 and 55 minutes okay yeah definitely i put that on the uh the list here so yeah i'm actually going to talk about two of mine just because you brought up something that reminded me of one and mm-hmm. the other one's extremely short so the extremely short one is, uh, you know, I, I went to the beach this uh, this past weekend. It mm-hmm. was great. Um, kids did great other than uh, Miles. We thought Miles was going to shovel sand in his mouth, and mm-hmm. he didn't. And we were like, oh, it's great. But, like, seashells, still. He was like, like, the stuff you would pick out of the sand, he was like, no, nah, I'm eating this. Um, <laughs> so, like... You know, a couple seashells had to save a couple cigarette butts from going in his mouth. Oh, no. It's pretty solid. Um, But other than that, I mean, everything was great. Um, Very good. So there was that. But while we were there, my little sister, who has terrible taste in everything, um, was like, she loves horror movies. But, Mm -hmm. like, not the thought-provoking ones. She likes, like, the terrible ones. Um, So she was like, let's watch A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 version. So we start. That's watching. not even one of the good remakes. Listen, so we start watching that, uh-huh. and I'm like, bro, within seconds. All right, that's an exaggeration. Multiple times, very early on, I had to stop myself from laughing. This shit is so hilariously bad, and it's like the thing is, it's like, it's definitely bad in parts because of acting. But then there's, like, a lot of creative choices that were stupid. And, like, instantly I was like, why? Why did we do this? So, Freddy Krueger, at one point, is about to kill someone. And, bro, I don't know why. She's, like, about to fall asleep. There's a guy with her. And she's like, don't let me fall asleep, blah, blah, blah. 
the like the whole thing is you know eventually sleep will come for you um so like she falls asleep bro the way freddy krueger kills this bitch it shows the <laughs> i i laugh so hard so it shows the not like it shows it from the viewpoint of the guy that's with her, right? So you don't see Freddy Krueger, you just see, bro. She is getting like, like, you know what Hulk did to Loki, like in Avengers, yeah. bro. Yeah. It's that, but she's like hitting the ceiling, hitting the wall, hitting the ceiling, wall, floor, ceiling, bed, ceiling, like getting slammed in every which direction. And all I could do was laugh because I'm like. What does this look like with Freddy Krueger over there? Is he like Rey Mysterio, like Luchador, like throwing this bitch like across the room, like fucking pile driving her into the floor and then like throw like wrapping his legs around her neck and throwing her into the ceiling? I'm like, what does this look like from his end? Like, what is happening? I like could not stop laughing. And, and I was like, what? The, why was this choice made? Like, that's not what Freddy Krueger is at all, I feel like. I mean, I'm not a super big Nightmare on Elm Street guy. But, like, I, if it's a guy that kills you in your dreams, I don't know why he's, like, swinging your body around like he's the fucking WWE. Like, oh, what, what I, I'm doing? just pulling it up now on YouTube. He's, like, he's like swinging around and then he, like, cuts her. Well, the thing is, that that's, like, a remake of the original. So the original one, they did something like that, too, where they, like... The, they like twisted um, a room like inception style but oh, okay. it wasn't that fast it was like she was like crawling up the wall and like it, it, and you see like yeah. johnny depp is the girl and it's supposed to be like super creepy because she's not like i'm looking at it now she's like pirouetting it's supposed to be like slow like like um like the inception one right like where you right. know where they're in the hallway they don't go Phew, like jump up right they just slowly also this girl's not in control crawl. at all like it sounds yeah. like the one you're talking about she's like trying to get away this yeah. is literally just like a ragdoll. Just like, bang, 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 bang. And I'm just like, what, is, what does it look like Freddy's doing on his end? Like, that was my only thought. And I was like, it has to look ridiculous. Um, So there was that. And then there was another, like, creative decision that I thought was, like, super dumb. He's about to murder another girl, right? And she's, she's in the bath, um, naked. And, obviously... And she's, like, about to fall asleep because, you know, everyone can fall asleep. And so she has clearly already fallen asleep. And, like, she's asleep. And then it goes from, like, there's, you know, bubbles so you can't see anything. But it's basically at her feet. And her, you know, her knees are sticking out of the water. And then it's, like, you know, just her chest, right? And it's, like, from her feet looking up at her face. So do you get what I'm saying? If that makes sense, so oh, yeah, Freddy's yeah. hand comes out of the tub with the fucking knives on the fingers. It is like, you know, like clear something's about to happen because it comes, he comes up, or the hand comes up between her legs. Yeah, that's also a, a shot from the first one. Okay, but here's what doesn't make sense to me. And, and if this is what happens in the first one, maybe I would just have the same feelings. The whole thing is when you wake up, Freddy's disappears, right? Like he's gone. This. <laughs> Freddy's hand is coming out of the tub. The mom goes to walk in. Like, it wakes her up. But, like, in the second of the mom coming in, and before she wakes up, Freddy, like, retreats his hand back into the tub. And I'm like, why? She's not gonna see you. Like, what are you hiding from, bro? <laughs> like, like, why? He, like, he's, like, about to kill her. The door opens. He's like, oops. And then she wakes up. And I'm like, why did we even do that? Like, 
Like, you could have been standing there. It's not like the mom walking in would have seen you. And when right. she woke up, like, why? Are, what are you hiding from? What are the it logistics? Should have been like a, it should have been like a smash cut. Like, her, the hand's about to kill her. And right. And cu- cuts to, like, the knock. Or My cuts man's to like, Rooney Mara, like, waking up. Nah, it's like a comedic, like, hand comes out. Hear the door open. It's like, ooh. Like, uh, like yeah, it's so ridiculous, bro. <laughs> like, what is this for? I could not stop laughing at this movie in so many different ways. Um, it's terrible. It's god awful. Um, yeah. I would not and, recommend anybody watch that movie. And, and apparently, so um, the guys who do the kill count, uh, you know, James, he was talking about how in the other ones, it was always and he was always a child killer, and it was mildly insinuated that he had touched them. But I believe this is the first the, one that explicitly says that oh, he yeah, molested he, kids. Yeah, he he molested them and. The parents Killed burned him, yeah. him alive, and that's why. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's also played he... by I think the guy who plays Rorschach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so he plays a uh, child molester in this one, and then there's a movie called Little Children where he he got an Oscar nomination for, where he also plays a child molester. Oh, so, so it's the Chris D'Elia thing, where yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he plays, yeah. He plays well, a pedophile in two separate things, and it's like, oh, by the way, he has been messaging underage girls. <laughs> and the, the the little little children is a really peculiar movie because. That's there's a sequence in the middle of the movie where he's a child molester, but he's out of jail, and they're not, you know, he's not supposed to be around kids or or, or, or um, schools or anything. And there's this like sequence that's like darkly, darkly comedic in the middle of the movie where he goes to like like a public pool mm-hmm. with like kids and stuff, and he just like jumps into the pool with like a snorkeling thing and just like swims around these kids <laughs> and like. Christ. And so then somebody, finally a mom notices him and goes, oh my God, it's Peter Touchy. No, everybody get out. <laughs> and so, um, you know, but I remember watching that and being like, is this supposed to be, am I supposed to be laughing? Because it's kind of, it's like funny because it's like, he's got like a fucking snorkeling kit. Like he's like going scuba diving. That's except amazing. it's a kid. <laughs> um, and I think that him being, he was nominated for an Oscar. So I think that's what got him the role for Rorschach and this one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's been in that many things recently. Um, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time this guy was casting as child molester, <laughs> I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> and um, yeah, so yeah, it, it's it's weird that he chose to be like, yeah, sure, make Freddy like explicitly like a child molester. And the weird thing is, the what's funny is like there's a there's a plot twist in there that could have been like kind of compelling if it was explored at all and it's not like mm-hmm. they they're like they figure like because none of them remember anything because they've all been traumatized right so none of them remember that section of their lives as kids knowing any mm-hmm. of them so then like they're like something's weird like i have these pictures of before i ever met this guy where i'm with this guy i don't know what's going on and then they're uh so they're, they're like the parents are hiding something so the parents are hiding something and they find out that the parents killed him. And they're like, the the angle that was like mildly compelling or could have been was that they're like, the parents are like, he, like we were 99, like we were 90 to 99% sure he was molesting you guys. Like we just couldn't find the exact proof, but like too many things were leading up. Like there were marks on you guys. You guys were acting different. You know, all the signs of sexual abuse without any of the proof. And so they kill him, right? And he, and also he flees. And so they kill him. Um, and, like, there's a moment where they're, like, like, two or three of the kids, which are now, like, teenagers, are like, wait, you guys didn't have any proof? Like, 
is he coming back for us because he didn't do anything and you guys killed him unjustly? That is only explored for like 10 minutes. It's like, oh, no, he didn't molest you guys. It's like, why the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. why the fuck would this, like, uh, why did you do this? Like, why did you even bring this up if for like literally like 10 minutes is all you're going to spend on the idea that maybe you unjustly killed him? And then they give the twist at the end because they find the proof that that's what happened. And they're like, oh my god, wait, so he did? But the thing is, is there was only like 10 minutes of doubt, so it's ruined. Like, Yeah, exactly. So they might even set it up if it's like going to be burned up. Yeah. Right. So that was um, Yeah, and it, it, so two quick things before you know we move on to, to your bigger one is that, you know, one, you should have picked another better... It, it was not my pick. The worst, I did not pick this. This is this. the worst... This is the worst of the horror remakes. Like literally the other, <laughs> the other three. Like well, they're doing icons. another one. I heard there's another oh, yeah, yeah, Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street being made. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean you know like we talked about here before, you know. So the 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 um the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, the one with Jessica Biel from like 2003. That one's okay, trashy, fun. Even the Jason one, the Friday the Thirteenth from 2009. That one's actually pretty cool. It has some pretty good kills and has like a really weird, like really neat sort of fake out about like 30 minutes in mm-hmm. and, the, and then the Halloween one the one from 2018 the one with Jamie Lee Curtis all three of those are actually pretty good <laughs> and this is literally the, the worst one of them bro also the whole time all I could think of was the Rick and Morty thing because like it, I, I don't know the old ones enough but they're like bitch like he's yeah, like you bitch <laughs> why are you hiding bitch it's okay to cry bitch <laughs> Oh god, that's all I can um, think of too. Because every time he comes up, it was like they weren't even like one-liners though. Like he wasn't even giving like shitty, punny one-liners. He was just being like, "You're gonna die, bitch." It's like, well, that's not fun. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, and that's what I heard too. That's what he said in the in the kill count is that it it, it ends up being Freddy is the funniest out of all of them, except maybe Ghostface. But that's because the Ghostface movies those are like tongue in cheek a little bit, right? Yeah. But out of like Texas Chainsaw, Jason, and Halloween. All of them have like little comedic bits just because people die in peculiar ways. But he's the funniest one. Like they're the funniest one. Even the darkliest, you know, darkest funniest ones. So what he said what ended up happening was this one was so grim and dark that you can't even have moments of levity because then it breaks the tone. Where right. before it was like there was a dark tone, but the moments of levity sort of were in line with everything else. They never felt like you'd be weird. making fun of the thing that you were doing before you fell asleep. You know what I mean? Like yes. you'd be like, yeah, yeah. Masturbating. Yeah, yeah. I think he fell asleep jerking off. I'm gonna kill you with a giant dick. Right. This didn't have that. You just um, like, but uh, you yeah, it, it's me, bitch. Yeah. And I was like, well, I would, I would say, <laughs> definitely, rec- definitely recommend the other ones if you're with your sister. Gonna be like, look, these other ones are actually pretty solid. So don't <laughs> give up on them. Just because, like, if she goes, hey, let's watch you know, Friday Thirteenth the remake. Don't be like, ah, oh, you 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 suggested the other remake. It's shit. They're actually, they're, yeah, they're all of the other ones are actually pretty good. <laughs> they actually landed on the worst one. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty hilariously bad. But, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but what was your other one? My other one, and you mentioned. Uh, uh, I'm trying to figure out. Let's see Severance. Oh, okay. All right, I remember how I got here. So, I watched The Shining. For the first mm-hmm. time. Um, don't know why. Like, I was sitting there and I was like, how can I make better use of my time? And I was like, at work, I take a lunch. You know, I take like an hour lunch. And I can't really do anything on the hour lunch because I'm 45 minutes from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, fuck it. I'll just start watching movies on my hour lunch. And so, um, that's how I watched Bad Boys 2. 
but I was like, fuck it, let me try and find another movie to watch, and I came up with The Shining, just mm-hmm. kind of randomly. I think it's because I had just watched Nightmare on Elm Street, which was a terrible horror movie, and I was like, what's a good mm-hmm. horror movie that I haven't watched yet? And I thought of that, and that's what popped up. So, The Shining um, was really good. Um, what's funny is this was, like, one of the first times where I, like, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know what caused it. Uh, maybe it's because I wasn't in a theater and wasn't as, like, bought in. You know what I mean? Like, as you kind of mm-hmm. do when everything's blacked out around you and all your senses are pointed in this one, one thing. But, like, I was a little more cognizant of, like, the small things, kind of, like, or the meta things of, like, filmmaking involved in this. And so, like, you mentioned that there was, like, a lot of scenes in Severance that, like, had, like, weird symmetry almost. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. There was... There was one... The very, like, first scene um, where he goes to interview for the job. I don't know how well you remember the movie, but it's, like, the very first Mm -hmm. scene he goes in for the interview. I remember... And he looks like the... He's, like, the most, like, the least trustworthiest person, I guess, in an interview? Before we even get there. All right, before we even get there, the shot... I remember thinking about the shot, and I was like, what is up with this shot? Like, I, I was like, this doesn't look right, and I don't know what it is. So, as I was looking up stuff about the movie after I finished it, um, I noticed IMDb, somehow I came across it to it, IMDb had like a minute and 45 second clip, um, or montage kind of thing, that was like, it was about Stanley Kubrick, and it was like, things... It was like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, fingerprints of Stanley Kubrick in movies. Like, here are the things to look out that Stanley Kubrick does in his movies a lot. Like, mm-hmm. these are, like, his signature flair. And one of them was shot symmetry. And I was like, that makes sense. Because the one, the reason why that shot was so weird to me when I first watched it, that very first scene, and I even knew this at the time, that that's what was weird about it. I just didn't know why it was done that way. The scene isn't focused on anybody. It's it's shot like a weird, shitty, and I'm using shitty, but like I can't come up with another phrase. It's shot like you would expect something cheaply made would be shot, which is to say that like it's like they set up a camera, and then like the three people that were in the scene were like setting up the camera, and then they walked out in front of it to do the scene. Um, and, and it's you know I'm not saying it's a bad shot scene. I'm saying like that was like the first thought that came into my head, which is that like. The cameras, there's a guy in the middle, Jack Nicholson's on the right, and another guy on the left. And the thing is, the camera isn't centered on the guy in the middle. It's centered on, like, the window above and behind him. So, like, it's three people in this scene. It's not that they're out of focus or out of depth or anything, but they're not, like, positioned as, like, the focus of the shot. It's like the shot's just, like, it's like the shot's just wanting to say, like, you're in a room with these people. And, like, that's all the shot's giving you. You know what I mean? Um, as opposed to like to like, oh, this person's talking. Um, so like, I it was cool that like, I had noticed a lot of the things in this one minute and forty five second clip of like, here's Kubrick fingerprints. I had actually noticed these throughout the movie, which was kind of cool to like experience for kind of the first time. Because um, you've mentioned like you know things that Christopher Nolan does, and you're like, ah, that's a Christopher Nolan shot, or like, ah, that's a Michael Bay shot. You know, like when you see two random animals fucking. You're like, that's a local base <laughs> shot. <laughs> but, like, I saw the symmetry. That was one. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. 
So someone told me, all right, so I know Stephen King hates the movie. Um, he hates the movie because it's Kubrick, like, I, apparently one of Kubrick's demands when he took, like, took the position to direct this movie or however that works. So he was like, I want full creative control. Like, I understand it's coming from a novel. I'm not going to try and, like, butcher it, butcher it. But, like, I want full creative control. And they're like, okay. And apparently one of the things he did was he made a lot of the... Apparently the book is a lot less vague about why things happen or what is happening um, in times. And so Stephen King, you know, having written the book, was like, I don't like the direction you took this movie. You just made a whole lot of shit, like, more vague and, like, open-ended and weird. Um, yeah, and I also heard, yeah, that he was, like, he, in the book, he, you, you, it's, like, a slow descent into madness. Mm-hmm. And then in the movie, Jack Nicholson, like, in the interview, is already nuts. That's, so that's like, the thing, already... is that, like, he said, he said he, uh, one of my friends told me another thing Stephen King didn't like was he specifically did not want Jack Nicholson because, I don't know how true this is, this is literally just what one of my friends told me. But I believe Jack Nicholson had already done One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So Jack Nicholson was already popular as being a psychopath. And what do you know? Here he is again. And I don't I don't know enough about Jack Nicholson's early career. But that man should have fucking cornered the market on psychopaths. His fucking... I, like, here's the thing. He looks insane in the interview, right? He, yeah. But he's not saying anything crazy. It's just like... His mannerisms, and so, like, was Jack Nicholson, like, I'm going to be crazy in this scene? Or is Jack Nicholson just, like, as a young Jack Nicholson, just, like, on the verge of psychosis? Because he's, like, the way his eyebrows are moving, like, his facial expressions, like, yeah, the wife and kids will love it. I'm like, yo, you're out of your (laughs) fucking mind. Like, Like, what are you doing? And so I'm like, when Stephen King's like, I don't want... Like, it's supposed to be a slow descent into madness. I don't want you to cast Jack Nicholson because everybody's going to look at him and be like, that motherfucker's crazy right off the bat. I'm like, Stephen King was kind of right on that one. <laughs> like, like you said, even in the very first interview, you're like, this dude's off his fucking rocker. <laughs> it's just like, boom, yeah. He's, and, like, um, he's like, you know, the people in Denver probably didn't tell you, but there was a gruesome murder where a guy kind of like lost his mind. He's like, that's not a problem for me at all. Like, he's like, my wife loves murder mysteries. She's into yeah. that. And I'm like, what yeah. the fuck mm-hmm. is happening? <laughs> yeah. like, why did um, you guys pump the brakes at this point? Um, the other yeah. quick things I just wanted to mention about the mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick thing that I noticed was there was a scene that I was like, I don't know why, but this feels unsettling to me. And it's, I don't know if it's the audio, if it's the way it's done. But it's the scene where the kid is just riding his little... It's the first time it shows him riding yeah. his little tricycle. And, the, yeah, from the from the steady cam, and you yeah. just hear... Yeah, yeah, it's like... And then when it hits the, the carpet, there's nothing. And then it's just like, hits the wood, it's like... Yeah. So, yeah. and it's uh-huh. super unsettling, because the thing is, it has to be done on purpose, and, like, people that are just way smarter than me put it together. Because, like... He's on the wood the whole time, and then he's on the carpet for a large stretch. But, like, as the scene goes on, it alternates between the carpet and wood, like, more frequently. So, it's, like, uh-huh. it's like almost like a ramping effect, even though nothing's yeah. happening. But, it like, one of the things in the clip was, like, Stanley Kubrick was, like, uh, top of the line better than most people using a Steadicam. And it showed that scene, and I was like, bro, uh-huh. there it was. Like, that was the scene. Yeah. 
Um, I think it was the first time that somebody had. Um, it was the first time. One of the first times that they'd ever even. It was either the first time or one of the first times that they had ever used a steady cam. I like somebody like walking with like a like a not a handheld because handheld you lose your balance, but steady cam sort of keeps it level. Yeah. And it was like the first time they'd ever done that in like what 1980, and they were that was like. Yeah, but I was like, this dude's, hey, you know you're talking about, it's the exact opposite of COVID. Like, that scene happened, and I was like, yo, this dude's directing his ass off, bro. Oh, dude, there's more, there's more directing, more skill in, like, a two-minute stretch of The Shining than there is in all of Coda. So, like, there's that. Another one of his, uh, it, like, his signature pops, which I had noticed. Again, all of these I actually did notice in the movie. I didn't know, I don't know enough about Stanley Kubrick's work to be like, oh, that's one of his things. But it, like, they were all things that stuck out to me. And then when I saw this clip, I was like, oh, that's cool that like it did stick out. They were like, um, they were, one of them was like uh, simple, bold, colored scenes. So there's a scene where he walks into the, the bath or room 237 for the first time. And he makes the out green. with the woman that turns out to be a dead body. But it's like all green. And it is very yeah, it's green. Like green. It's like yeah, the it's only like time green. green is there. Yeah. There's yeah. the scene where he's getting cleaned off in the bathroom because the you know the waiter spilled the drinks on him. And it is oh, yeah. bright red. And it is bright the only red, time yeah, with, that kind of red is in the whole fucking movie. And it's like with the, the racist ghost. Yeah. Bro. Son, my dad texted me about that and he was like, I was like, it threw me off so much. Because all of a sudden, my man just drops the hard R. He's like, yeah. your son's calling for help. He's like, what? And my dad, my dad <laughs> the point that my dad made that made me laugh, because like, like, obviously, I, it was there and I caught it, but it just didn't strike me as funny until someone pointed it out, was that he's like, he's bringing in Unner. And he uses the hard R. And it's like, Jack Nicholson responds... By just saying the word again, but questioningly. He's like, uh, N-word? Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like shocking, yeah, because at that point he's like, you know, he's like a butlery, right? Butler yeah. looking dude. And he's super professional and polite, and then all of a sudden there's yeah. that, and it's like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, this is so crazy. Um, but it was just like, it's just the fact that, like, his only response was like, one of those? Like, like that was, that was Jack Nicholson's response. Yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, it, it's, um, but, like, it's a crazy anyways, scene. Anyways, those I hard color pops, it, um, steady cam. um, yeah. the one that I had already known about, and my man just, and it's simple, like, there's nothing to it, but, like, the only one that I knew, which is by his name, which is how I knew it, which is, like, Apparently, people call it the Kubrick stare. Oh, yeah, when he's just, like... Fucking, like, tilted forward, like, barely out the fucking top of his... You know what I mean? Out of his eyes. Yeah, I think... Yeah, Wendy Wendy and uh, Danny are playing outside, and he's, like, looking out the window, right? Yeah, he's, like... It's it's early on! I don't even know if he's looking at them. Like, it doesn't even show him looking at them. They are outside, and then it just shows him in front of a fucking window. Just, like, like, doing it. And I've only ever seen the first half of Full Metal Jacket, but he... Fucking, it happens in Full Metal Jacket, and then I've never watched Clockwork Orange, but I've seen the picture of the guy doing it in Clockwork Orange. Bro, it's a very simple thing, but like, if you're trying to make someone look like they're out of their fucking mind, nailed it, Stanley Kubrick. You're a fucking genius. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I, it's weird to say I don't know what it is because it's literally just they lean forward and they fucking kind of like grit their teeth. And look out, like, at the fucking top of their eyes. But, like, yeah. whatever it is about that, like, I don't know how he keyed in on that. That's, like, that's what a psycho looks like. 
but he fucking did. <laughs> he, he saw somebody do that once in real life, shit his pants. He was like, I'm putting that in every fucking movie, bro. That shit's terrifying. Um, yeah. So, and um, I, I, I definitely recommend, uh, I know I, I texted you, we were texting, or you texted me after you watched it. Um, I definitely recommend uh, Doctor Sleep, which is the sequel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, with Ewan McGregor plays like a grown-up Danny. Yep. And it goes more, it's more about like, um, imagine, so The Shining is like this power, right, that they right. have. And the sequel is about these group of, what do you call let's, them? Vampires? Uh, that, let's, let's, that, let's, 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 let's stop it here. Because I am going to watch it. Uh, okay, it, it's fantastic. And, and. The people who make up the group, one of them is Rebecca Ferguson, who is in... She's Elsa in, in the Mission Impossible movies. And... Um, oh, fuck, I was going to say something about it. Oh, okay. that it's really good, that it's a great sequel. It, it adds to the story. Um, but then... Um, well, yeah, you're going to watch it. Well, yeah, but yeah, let me know when you watch it, because I really, really liked it. And it was one of those where, like, when I first watched it, I was like... It was okay. It was alright. Like, I enjoyed it. And then after, as time goes on, and I think about it, I'm like, that was actually really, really, really fucking good. Especially having, you know, rewatched The Shining recently, and how big it is, and how, like, iconic it is. And then you make a sequel that, you know, it's like, we get a sequel to The Godfather, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's... But, like, years and years after that. Yeah, and the movie, like, nails it. And you sort of go, wow, I had to juggle this, this, and this. And it nails all of it. Especially While because making its own thing. Especially because Stanley Kubrick's version, like the whole thing is, it makes everything so vague. So uh-huh. having uh-huh. not seen the sequel, but seeing that it's rated pretty well, that means it has to like all these things that he left open ended on purpose. It somehow manages to, my guess is, pull them back in at least somewhat sufficiently. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, it's a successful adaptation of the book. It's a successful sequel to the movie. It's a successful sequel to a book that wasn't fully adapted, and it also stands on its own as, like, its own filmmaking thing. So it's kind of a, it's a minor horror miracle that it was able, like I said, you know, when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was all right, it was good. And then, like I said, as, as time goes on, has gone on, I'm like, like, wow, that was actually kind of amazing. That like, even knows. if the movie's not necessarily better, the more you think about it, the fact that, like, in the context of everything that even was able to exist successfully is, like, kind of a yeah. big deal. Yeah, yeah, and there's some incredible scenes, especially one with. Um, well, you haven't seen, Room. but there's a sequence with a, with a, with a kid from the movie Room that's really really good, and then there's like another one where they they, they exemplify like astral projection, but like in this really fucking awesome way. But yeah, dude, yeah, like, I, I think it was like the second text I sent you. I was like, well, then now you gotta watch Doctor yeah. Sleep because Doctor Sleep was great. The two th- two more things I want to say. Um, yeah. yeah. Normally in a movie like this, uh, like, hmm, I don't want to, sh- it's going to sound like I'm just shitting on like a whole group of people and I'm really not trying to, but like just through experience, if nothing else, the one thing is that like with a lot of these like really good movies that especially when you have actors like Jack Nicholson, um, I don't, I've never seen the, the wife before, but I mm-hmm. looked it up and she was Seemed like she was a very good actress. She just kind of, like, I'm going to say roamed around. That's not really the right terming. But, like, she was more in independent films and, like, film festival-type films and less in, like, 
you know, going to the blockbuster movie kind of deals. Um, right, right. But you have two good actors and actresses that are um, very, like, very good at the craft. I feel like a lot of times child actors, even in, like, movies that are considered good, they're just, like, a, like an obvious, like, few steps below a regular actor. Um, and so, like, I, I think, like, one of the common things I kind of notice is that when they start asking the child actor to do a lot, it starts to feel weird because, like, like I said, if nothing else than just experience acting, like, I, I, I assume it's just more difficult to channel the things you need to channel to act successfully as a child. So, that being said, I think he did a great job in this movie because they didn't ask him to do a whole lot. You know what I mean? Like, they, but mm-hmm. when they did, they gave him his space and he did extremely well. Like, like I said, there's just been movies I've watched where I've thought most of the acting was good, but then there's, like, a kid that's kind of a main character, and, like, their scenes fall flat and kind of take me out of it. That didn't happen. The I don't know who this kid is. I don't know if he's still an actor. I don't know. Um, the kid that plays Danny. But, yeah, um, he did really well. That was mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, actually, sorry, two more things. One, and these are just two very small negatives about this movie. Um... This movie's a horror movie, so it didn't, it wasn't as poorly received by me, but I was like, this movie did one of the things that Bad Boys 2 did, which is that (laughs) it brings back an important but minor character just to get instantly fucking murdered. Like, in the same scenario again. Spoiler alert for anybody Spoiler alert for anybody that's seen The Shining. There's one other person so far. I mean, like, knowing what I know about some Stephen King books um, and knowing what I know about Dr. Sleep, I'm sure, is that, you know, there are more people with The Shining. But as of this movie happening, there's only one other fucking person in the world that has this gift. He is there. It's sad. He's like, yo, like, he clearly has insider knowledge. He comes back at the apex, like the climax of this whole fucking movie, just to get murdered with an axe instantly, bro. Like he, <laughs> he fucking walks around the corner. He's like, "Hey, oh, hey!" And then bang, it, axe to the bang. chest. And I'm like, "That's what? a great jump scare, though." It is. It is. Yeah. And and because it's a horror movie, like a like a supposed savior, like you know what I mean? Because when you yeah. as you're watching, you're like, "He's gonna save the day." Like, he's coming in clutch. He's going to save the day. Is he going to get there in time? And then he gets there in time, and you're like, fuck yes. Like, he, he's going to save him. And for him to instantly die, it just, like, throws you more into the, like, the spiral of awful shit happening. So it works more for the movie. But I was still, like, a little bit disappointed. I was like, I needed more from this guy than to just walk in and be like, Danny, hacks. Yeah. Especially because it, 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 it's not, like, just that... You know, he gets the shining. You know, I, I mentioned um, when he first. I guess he, he sees it on the news, or he gets the call from Danny via the shining. Where yeah, he gets the call via Danny from the shining because Danny's like freaking the fuck out because he realizes shit's about to go downhill. Um, right, right. And then he like he's like in his room, right? And there's like a naked poster of the woman. Yeah, the, like yeah. it zooms out, and there's like a naked woman on the TV, <laughs> and then a naked woman behind him. Yeah. And like, what? Okay. And so I think if it would have been just that, and then he shows up later, you're like, oh, that's the guy he called. But it literally makes a point to be like, he's on the plane, and then he's renting yeah, a car, like, and then he's like, the whole, the snow. Like, is he going to get there in time? That's like the whole thing, right? Because yeah. he's like, all right, when is this plane going to land? 820. He's like, cool. He calls the guy. He's like, when will you be able to have the thing ready? And he's like, I don't know. When are you going to get here? And he's like, 
like five hours. He's like, all right. Hey. And so it's like it's playing the time game with this whole descent into madness. Yep. And then it, like he does get there in time, and it's instantly dashed. So like I said, it yeah. works better because it's a horror movie. Um, and I feel like it does serve a small purpose. I just would have liked to see more done with that. The second last thing, or the, the very last thing I'm going to mention is that fucking smash cut I told you about. I don't know. Oh, yes, even yes. at the time, my dad was like, even at the time of the movie, me and me, it felt weird. Um, like, my dad watching it, like, adds, you know, maybe not when it came out, but like, without years and years going by and without internet right. culture turning it into a meme. Um, he was like, it didn't really, like, I don't know what he was going for with it. Like, I, I just don't know what his intent was of that scene, which is that Jack Nicholson's fucking trying to get through the maze. And, you know, he eventually succumbs to the fucking weather and cold and, and fucking conditions. And it literally is like him, like, like growling. For, yeah, you've seen it, yeah. If you're listening to this, you've seen the picture of Jack Nicholson in the snow. Frozen. Like, it, yeah. it's iconic, yeah. But it's like yeah, him, it, it, like, growling. Like, it's it's him at his most insane, like, dying. And it, like, literally is like, wham, comedic frozen picture of Jack Nicholson. <laughs> for, like, one and a half seconds, maybe. And I'm just like, why? Like, what? I just don't know what was he going for. Like, why did he decide to put that scene there? That yeah. picture, and especially after like, so that sequence in the in the maze, you know, because Danny figures out how to like trick him by going backwards in the snow. After he gets away, the scene goes on and on with Jack Nicholson running around in the maze, You're like Danny, right. Danny. It just goes on, like it almost like too long. Right, like it just like goes on and like, like all right, okay, like let's keep going, and then like out of nowhere, it just goes bam, like the smash cut to him in the during the day, like not even like falling over, just like frozen in the ice. Um, I I honestly don't know, so like, I don't know what I would have thought because like when I when I, I I think I knew of the scene before I watched the movie when I was in high school, right, and then I didn't watch it again until I watched it, like I said, I guess at this point three and a half years ago because I watched it, I think it was like during Halloween time in twenty eighteen. And if, if I went to the Alamo. They had it at the Alamo. So I, I was like, good. I'm going to watch it when it has my full undivided attention. And then when it happens, the crowd didn't really have a reaction. But I didn't have a reaction either. I just kind of like was like, okay, that's part of the movie. But when you texted me about it, I was like, what? What? I, I don't remember having a reaction to it. And, because maybe I think I already knew about it. Yeah, it's kind the of thing like, is, um, I didn't know that that was from that movie. So it hit me. But like my first reaction was like, it, it wasn't outright laughter. I didn't laugh. But like there was a part like... My first inclination to go in any sort of direction was like, that's kind of hilarious. Because I've seen that picture as a meme. Like, it's, it's, and it's just hilarious looking. And it's, it's just such a jarring, like, like you said, it's him, middle of the night, snow, trying to murder his son. And it's like, bam, frozen. And it's like, here's the thing it's not just him frozen, he's like, goofy frozen bro yeah. like his hair sticking out frozen like he's got like <laughs> like snot icicles like it's hilariously yeah. frozen and i'm just like i don't so like i wanted to laugh but i'm like even if i didn't have that in my brain already as a meme i don't know what you were trying to do with that like i don't know what your end goal of showing me that was you know what i mean especially in that manner like if you just showed me like you said if it was like a bird's eye view daytime him like curled up frozen dead that'd be one thing but like that weird like straight ahead shot of him just frozen yeah. is so weird yeah um 
I do wonder what he was thinking. What he was thinking was because, like you said, I, so he was very he, he, well. Cooper Cooper was always very meticulous in every single aspect of movie making, um, to the point where there is even a documentary. It's called Room Two Thirty Seven. I which saw is that. A, oh, you saw it? Did you watch it or do you? Mean or no, I didn't watch it. I as oh. I was looking up some stuff about The Shining, I saw that that thing existed. Yeah, and boy, some, some of, it, of those are fucking wild. Some of those are too wild. Some of them are like a little in joke, like when Doc is driving in the snow, he sees like the red beetle on the side of the road which it is like the the red beetle from king's book which is supposed to mean that basically kubrick being like no fuck you this is my story this isn't your story uh, okay. like little little, little like like it's like a little like you know poking but they're the like one of them is like this is kubrick reappropriating the story to show like his own personal hell that he has to live with the secret that he faked the moon landing i'm like yeah, what are you exactly. talking about bro? exactly yeah yeah Oh, another one I really like, it, it's like little things that make you uncomfortable or like make it uneven or like um, uneasy. It's like when it's like, well, you know, he's walking down this hallway and then you make a right and then makes another right, but there isn't like a wall there. It's like a room, but you're like, but there wasn't a room on the other wall. So where did, you know, kind of like that kind of stuff. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. he goes like, well, we walk this way and you walk that way, but you saw rooms. Like if you look in, there was a room there, but there wasn't one when you were on the other side. What? Like little things like that. I'm, I like that because I'm like, ooh, interesting. There was some thought behind it. There's no way that they didn't think about that. Right. But then, like you said, some of them were like, you know, this is about, the story's about the, how the Native Americans were killed. And I'm maybe, maybe, but like some of those, I'm like, Yeah, and okay. it was like, this is the most obvious subtext is that it's about America's treatment of Native Americans. And I was like, obvious? Yeah. First of all, obvious? Secondly, like, I guess, but it's like, it's weird it's weird that somebody went there with it because the thing is, is their point is that they're like, they mentioned that it's buried on it or it was made on a buried, you know, Indian burial ground. So that's our like first clue. But I'm like, okay, maybe, or hear me out. Something being built on Indian burial ground is like one of the four most basic reasons that anything's ever been haunted. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Anytime anything's been haunted, it's like someone was murdered there or it was built on a graveyard. Or Yeah, like, it's like, like Stephen King's go-to thing. Like, that's it like is. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery is literally like, it's like the Amero Ground. <laughs> yeah, and it was a poultry. I know it's not poultry guys, but probably it's, it's around the same time. There's no way Stephen King wasn't like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> right, and I'm just like, what? Like, that seems like a stretch. Like, I'm not saying it couldn't be that, but like, it, it seems like a stretch. There was one that was interest, like slightly interesting. They mentioned uh, they thought it had something to do about the Holocaust, and I was like, it seems like a stretch again. But they're like, they mentioned like it's apparently there's some imagery that looks like German, like you know, secret police imagery throughout the yeah. thing. Um, and they mentioned something I, I didn't like read it enough to really get it, but the typewriter is a German typewriter that's like not a particularly common yeah. typewriter and it like changes color as the movie goes on and yeah. you know there's something or, or the tv doesn't have any cables going back to it it's just like freestanding and it somehow has power on it yeah so yeah all that stuff but anyways like you said he's so technical about all of everything he's done in this movie it all seems to be played for and like you said the the pictures of the naked women i'm like what were you trying to achieve with that you know what i mean yeah. It's just like, man, that's fucking weird. <laughs> oh, I, I think my all-time favorite scene, and before you move on, my all-time favorite scene is the typewriter one, where she's like looking through the pages and she sees all right, that all one. It's weird page. because it's the it's it's supposed to be like a oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck like it's supposed to be building, but I'm like, 
after five pages of the same words, why did you keep going? Like, she sees, like, all fucking, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. But, and it's like, okay, that's creepy. The next page is it, but in a different form yet. You're like, all right, this is creepy. She's, like, five pages in. She's still flipping through. I'm like, bitch, we know what they're all going to say. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, like, ten but... pages in, you're like, wow, it still says the same weird thing. Like, But, I, yeah, I, I think, well, I was on Sydney, and I showed it to her. I was like, well, you got to remember, Sid. Like, somebody had to, like, some poor... Production well, assistant had to physically type those, type those out, typewriter. like hundreds and hundreds in and different hundreds formats, in different formats, like an X and then upside down, and then like a smiley face, and then like you know, like they're all spaced out, and then some of them are all clumped up together. And then I was like telling her, I was like, can you imagine how much time it must take? Because you know, nowadays that's not scary now, because you just go, oh, copy paste, right? Right. Or... Also, the thing is, on a fucking typewriter, having used one once in my life. I remember my instant devastation was that, like, you, there's no backspace. Like, yeah. you just fucking yeah. go back yes. and you just fucking slam over the letter till you don't notice it anymore. Like, th- and there was none of that. So that means, like, every time that dude fucked up one letter on that whole page, he was like, motherfucker. Stanley Kubrick was like, yes, we need another one. Actually, he was English. <laughs> yes, we need another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh,. Yeah, Shining was great. The Shining was great. great. Yeah, yeah, very solid movie. I'm definitely looking forward to Doctor Sleep. Sorry to just fucking. I'm, this is the Shining episode now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's it's a great movie, and I probably I'll rewatch it. I'm gonna go watch it now. I think it's such a thick movie that I still remember a lot of it, and I think I'll find myself probably rewatching it in a couple years. Kind of mm-hmm. like, like I said, like when I watched it in high school and now, it's yeah. not one I really kind of want to go back to. Even though it is a classic, it's just not one that I. Oh, and another Kubrick shot is the one where it's like somebody's head is up against the door and the camera's like on the ground. You know, oh, yeah. when he's locked yeah. in the freezer, that one's in a bunch of his. Oh, um, one of the, one that was like kind of hilarious. It, it well, Sorry, it's hilarious looking back. It's not in the moment. Like it, it doesn't take you out of the tone of the movie in the moment. But like when you think back on it, it's kind of hilarious. She's like, get away from me with the baseball bat. And he's climbing up the stairs. She's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your fucking brains in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it shit killed me. Like, it didn't kill me in the moment, but, like, thinking back, that's just a hilarious, like, thing to write in the script, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Jack Nixon, when you say, I'm not going to hurt you, I'm just going to bash your brains in. <laughs> Oh God! And he hits when he hits her in the head. He's like, oh! like his face is hilarious. That one actually did take me out a little bit. Like if you go back and watch when she hits him with the bat, whatever facial expression he does oh, to like face yeah. surprise is hilarious. Um, Jack Nichols is just all over the place in this movie, and it's like kind of what the movie called for. So it's not like you know who to gave you know you know who to gave a great performance in this. I mean, I don't know that it would have been as good, but like. Can you imagine if Nicolas Cage was fucking out there hamming it up for this fucking role, bro? He'd have been out of control. <laughs> <laughs> I think even to be like um, Leonardo DiCaprio. I think Leo yeah. DiCaprio, like if he Jake did with that like, Wolf, of Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street energy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal and fucking, uh, God, what's that movie called? Mm. Uh, he, he plays like Nightcrawler? Kind of, yes. That yeah. one, like bringing that energy to it. Like, yeah, those are all good ones. But like... Yeah, Jack Nicholson should have had the market cornered on that, bro. He should have been every movie. is like, you need someone that's not mentally stable? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> bro, it's, I, like, it's literally like his eyebrows. Like, I don't know. Like, the whole time he's talking, like, when he does his eyebrows, I'm like, bro, you're out of control. You're, <laughs> you're psycho right from the bat. Like, <laughs> hilarious. 
Oh, man. Anyway, Shining was great. Jack Nicholson was mm. great. Everything was good about it. Um, not not many bad notes at all about that movie. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the other two movies, the uh, other two things? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if we could, if we could um, we'll squeeze this to, if we could skip the album to next week, because yep. I think, I still got to listen to it one more time. And I got to listen to it a few more times. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a thick one. Um, but then also, and then just wrap up with the NBA, with yep. the, the NBA note. Uh, but yeah, I unlocked these out too super quickly. These are two other movies I watched. One of them was Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Okay. And it's the one with uh, Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany from like 2003. And it's this like, I, I think it was kind of cursed because it came out at the same time as Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. And, okay. if, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, they're like, oh, we have a, we have a pirate ship. Oh, we got to steal it. We got uh, 10 crew. Let's take it. Woo. You know, mm-hmm. like pulleys and levers and ropes and shit. And so it's very, like, fantastical, right? And this is the opposite of that. This is extremely technical, right? It's like they're, like, measuring stuff with knots and, like, how many knots it takes. And they have, like, a hundred... Dude, there's, like, these shots... Well, basically, the story is, like, this English ship is trying to find this French ship because it's during the French Napoleon... The Napoleonic Wars. And it's trying to catch up to this far superior, bigger French ship. Um, and so it's like, you know, they got like an English crew, crew, but like the crew, it, 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 there's like these shots where you see like the, the deck, there's like a hundred men like sweaty and like cleaning and one of them is clicking and clacking and one of them is doing ropes and the other one is yeah. doing this. And also Crow's walking through and he's like, sir, you got to check the harpoons, uh, uh, the, the seagulls. Like, I'm trying to, I can't even think of nautical terms. Uh, <laughs> the wind gales are going to the steed of the bow of the ship and you got to have the, the, the night quest and blah, 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 blah. I had to turn on the subtitles within like five minutes because I was like, I was still sitting there. I was like, I usually don't do subtitles because mm-hmm. I think I feel like I think that they give away punchlines. But I was like, a with his accent, and then b with all this bullshit that they're spewing. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it's it's a masterpiece. It's it's fantastic. There's a great friendship at the core between him and Paul Bettany, and the action's great. And it it's this it, like I said, I think like if you were to watch Pirates of the Caribbean and this one, you'd be like, this is night and day, even though it's pretty much kind of the same thing. It's just very, it's, you know, it takes its time. It's paced at its own, it, it, it's trying to tell a story. It's not trying to do this action adventure. It's it's really unique because I think it's like this, like, drama that's on a boat that has action. Right. So it's, it's, it's very full. It's very thick. It's like, every time you watch it, you're like, damn, this is like a, it's like a steak, dude. It's like a steak of like an action movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I wouldn't even say it's even like Mad Max Fury Road because those are more action-y. This is like a steak movie. This is just fucking thick. And it's awesome. And it's on HBO Max. And, and I, I, I had watched it when I was a kid. I mean, not even a kid, like a preteen or like a teenager. And I liked it then. I was like, that was, that was good. Um, but now I, you know, you watch it now and you're like, damn, that really held up. Yeah. Um, and so that's, uh, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World, that's on HBO Max. Okay. And then the other one, um, was a new movie that I watched in theaters actually just last night and it's called On the Count of Three. Okay. And this is directed by, uh, Gerard Carmichael and it stars him. He, he's, he's one of the starring roles and the other one is Christopher Abbott. And it's, uh, it's a movie, one of those movies where it all takes place in one day, which I love. I, I love the little like, movies that, that, where that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's about two friends who have a suicide pact. And so, you know, it's, it's got his comedic sensibilities, but it also is very, very dark. Like, we're not dark, but like, um, it's black comedy, but the comedy is very, very, like, grim. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cindy went with me, and I was surprised how much she laughed, because some of the jokes, I was like, yeesh, like, some of those are dark, but she was, like, giggling the whole time, <laughs> so I was like, I think it's a, it's, um, it's a testament to both Gerard's directing 
and the two lead actors is like charisma. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff that they say, you go, holy shit, but it's like, they're so charismatic that you, I don't know, it's a little lighter than it, than I think if somebody else did it. Um, And also, after the movie ended, I was like, Gerard Carmichael's first movie ever about a suicide pact in a day has more filmmaking tact than fucking Coda. Dude, like, some of the shots, I'm like, dude, that's like, this guy, like, knows what he's doing and, like, looks like a fucking movie. And I'm like, how? <laughs> I still like Coda, but it's still, it's like, what are we doing here? Anyway, so that's <laughs> on the count of three. Master and Commander, both of them are fantastic. One of them's in theaters, one of them's on HBO Max. I mean, it, this it, all four things I've talked about are all fantastic. Severance is fucking awesome. Master and Commander is fucking awesome. On the count of three is pretty great. I gave it a count of three, a four out of five. Master and Commander, five out of five. And I would say Severance, in terms of TV, a five out of five. At least season one. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a pretty good like week of, of stuff overall. Yeah, It's funny because on the count of three, uh, let's see here. Where did you? Where? How did you watch it? Was it in? I went. They actually had it at the Alamo. Um, I don't think I saw it on any other theater, like a Regal or an AMC. It was just the Alamo that I saw it. Okay, so uh, apparently you can rent it. You can like rent it and uh, stream it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I can't remember how I saw it. The thing is, I didn't recognize the name of it. But you mentioned Jerry Carmichael, and I googled it, and I saw like one of the pictures. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's him and the the other, I guess, main actor um, yeah. with blue writing underneath it. Uh, when you Google it, you'll kind of see that picture. I saw that picture at some point when I was trying to figure out what to watch. And, like, I recognized it was Jared Carmichael. And I was like, I kind of want to watch that. But I didn't just because, like, I didn't know what it was about or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I might give that a watch, too, since you said it, it's pretty good. Four out of five is definitely solid. Um, yeah. So that might and that I, might be something I end up watching. Yeah, like I said, and it looks great. So like you go, I'm. I mean, I came out of it being like, I can't wait f- to see what this guy does. Like, you know, like with a. I mean, it's a. You know, they has a big script, but it's like with like a like a gig, like a fucking like massive script or like a big comedy. You know. Yeah. It, it's like um. I mean, I never saw the guy who did Whiplash's first first movie. It's called like Grand Piano or The Piano or something like that. But the Whiplash was the second movie, so. If we get Gerard Carmichael's like second movie and it's like that, then I'm like, dude, fuck yeah, right? Like yeah. Nolan's first movie is called like Following or The Following, and it's just I heard it's okay, but then of course Memento came next, so I'm excited. I'm hoping that he takes a similar jump in that, you know, we get sort of, you know, comedies from him, but that are you know, yeah, a little bit more thicker nuance. Hold on, so I sorry that just bro, I didn't realize Christopher Nolan made Memento. That's crazy. Um, I feel like somebody's definitely told me that before, but for some reason they hit me again. I've seen that movie once forever ago, and I need to... Um, everything I've heard, and just based on the premise of the movie, I've heard it's like <coughs> one of those that gets better, like, the more you... Well, maybe not the more you watch it, because I'm sure between fucking watch 99 and watch 100. Um, yeah. But, like, as you know the premise, you start to pick up on things better when you watch it through it. It's interesting to see the, the breadcrumbs that have been laid for you. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As you know, um, the only, really, the only thing I remember about Memento is the general premise and the scene that it kills me every time, where he's like, he's running through and he like forgets. He's like, Oh yes, yes, why yes, am yes, I, yes. Why am I chasing this guy? And the guy shoots at him. He's like, Correction. Why is that guy chasing me? Yeah, <laughs> he's chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
so uh and you know yo, you know what that movie has what Joey Pants! Joey oh, Pants. Shit, you really? can't trust him. Yeah, he's the guy. He's like, this is Freddy. Don't trust his lies or whatever. Or Frankie. That's amazing. I haven't seen it in so long. Um, but that's amazing. I didn't realize he was in it. Ah, shit. Um, Alright, so. But anyways, that's that's what we've been watching and playing. Um, mm. We're going to skip the album just because it's a lot to chew on, I believe. Yep. Um, and we'll just briefly touch on NBA. So, the Eastern Conference Finals are the Heat and the Celtics. Yeah. And then in the West, you have the Warriors and the Mavericks. Because (laughs) fucking CP3 (laughs) blew another two. It was Uh, fucked up, as I want to, like... CP3 is such a... Chris Paul is such a fucking unlikable dickhead sometimes. But, like, it's still, like... I'm like, he's better than people try to act like he is. Like, it's weird. I'm stuck in this weird gray area because, like, there's people that are like, he's, like, one of the best point guards of all time. But then there's also people that, like, somehow at the same time are like, but he's trash. He's postseason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he chokes. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. But, like, he proves him right every time. It is because it, I, I think um, like I want him to win one just to get it off of his back because the thing is I do believe he's one of the best point guards of all time and so like but it's so hard to argue when you fuck up so often like this. Oh, I mean, yeah, like you know how we talked about how Ben Simmons last year it was so you know similar situation where I was like we're gonna wait until the end of the finals and then we'll talk about it then but then the Ben Simmons stuff happens and it breaks your brain right yeah because you have this guy. Well, like you said, he's like one of the greatest of all time. And literally everywhere he goes, their wins increase dramatically. Bro, right? the Suns went from being like a fringe playoff team and or just bad to like he showed up and they were like, oh, we're like... Finals. Yeah, we're best going record in the finals. Best record in the NBA. Yeah. And, and But then like in the playoffs, it like they just like Crumple. shit the bed. Yeah. yeah. And, and for what it's worth, it wasn't just him, bro. Devin Booker was awful. Like, Devin Booker, I feel like I looked, he was like 0 for 9, like, part of the way through the second quarter. I was like, that is not fucking good if that's your, like, second best player. That is fucking, you are in bad shape when your best scorer is 0 for 9. And uh, they did not rebound. When your leading scorer in the in Game 7 is Cam Johnson. I mean, I love Cam Johnson. But Cam <laughs> Johnson, and he had 12. Yeah. He led them in with scoring with 12 in Game 7 at home. Yeah, that's fucking pitiful. Bro, it was like... I feel like I looked at one point, it was like 70 to 40. I like like going into halftime, oh, and I was like, oh, yo, oh, oh. what? Worse, dude, it was 80 to 47 at one point. Oof, God. I was yeah, like, uh, like, bro, Luca was just dogging him, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... And... You know, I added it on here because, you know, every time... Like, you know, when, when, when Giannis lost earlier that day, I was like, well, you know, the Celtics are fucking good. He, he was it's hard as hell to repeat. And he was without the second best player on his team. Exactly, right? And even he put up a, a Herculean effort. Yeah, and but, he you know, was bawling out of control, and it just wasn't enough. Yeah, and but you go, you know, you put up an, a good effort, and, and, and they lost, right? And it, it yeah. sucked. And they were champs, and they lost, you know, not even the in the Eastern Conference Finals, they lost... In the second round, right? And all the tweets were like, well, that just shows you, which is true, 
how insane LeBron going to eight straight finals right. is. The, yeah, I um, saw a thing where they're like, it's kind of crazy, like, the different standard we held him to. Which, obviously, like, you do hold him to a different standard because of how great he is. But, like, bro, Giannis, who, like, I was ready to be like, yo, he's the next world ender. Like, I couldn't do it two years in a row. And I know Chris Middleton was hurt, but, like, Kevin Love got hurt. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. and it's just still just eight straight. It's just crazy to do, period. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... But yeah, I mean, the people were like, you know, LeBron is broken brains in terms of what people can do. And so that's why whenever, you know, Giannis lost, I was like, oh, that sucks. I wanted him to win because I like Giannis, but it is what it is. And so then I was like, well, I'll just talk about it when we wrap up the NBA at the end of the season. But then this happened later that day, and I was like, we got to talk about it. Because like, <laughs> to me, like we said, you know, it, it, but Chris Paul, you know, up until this year, I know 2018 happened, you know, where they were up 3-2 to two against... Uh, against the Warriors, and they, they blew it because they missed, like, 27 straight threes, the Rockets did. Right. And, and then I was like, well, you know, it's because he got hurt. And he did. He got hurt, I think, game five or six. He got hurt, and then, you know, it just, it, you know, they got bad luck. Right. Right. But then now it's like you said, it's like, well, now I think I've gone to the other side where I'm like, what's up, man? Yeah. Like, okay, because all the other ones... Something. Right, and then when you know when he blew when he was with the Clippers and they blew that three one lead in twenty fifteen against a West team, I forget who it was. Maybe it was it wasn't the Warriors. It was I thought it was see, another team. The Warriors popped into my head, but maybe it wasn't. It, it was somebody else. I think it was. Oh God, what, what, it was a West team. Maybe it was the Rockets. Maybe maybe it was maybe. the Rockets. I thought it was the Warriors though, because that's when he kind of put on embarrassed on the skates. I thought, but maybe not. Maybe that um, but anyway, yeah, it, and so, yeah, I mean, he was with them, but then, you know, you go, oh, that's Doc, that's Doc Rivers, he fucked yeah. them up, right? But then now, I'm like, you know, now after all these, and then people showing the stats, you know, the how many 2-0 two, two blown leads, I'm like, nuts. No, There's it's, gotta it's be something two. here. I don't know what it is, and I'm not willing to put a whole lot of weight on it. It's it's the nickel thing, right? Like, if I had a nickel for any time I have it, yeah. I'd have, like, five, which isn't a lot, but it is weird. Like, <laughs> it's weird. And it's, it, and... It is very, very interesting because it's like the like the Ben Simmons thing, right? We have this guy who's six ten and he's got all the athlete in the world. He's defensive. He's a defensive beast, and he's he locks dudes down, but he like can't score. But he's like the number one pick. But you'd have to pay him a lot. But you'd have to pay him a lot, and he would have a limited offensive skill set. But it's like it's worth like it, but then it's not worth it. Limit, like, it's like know. simple limit because it's mental. But then it's like, well, he just has to get over that. But then it's like, other nobody's not gonna have him. It 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 breaks your brain, right? Because right. it should all just make sense, right? If this guy adds so many wins to the regular season, it should translate, but it doesn't. Or he should do enough where it you know goes over, but then it doesn't. Or he gets he always gets injured. So like, why is he getting injured? Should he play less? But if it's like it's not that, then what is it, right? So it's right. like. Yeah, and then yeah, and then you know, uh, did you see the Pat Be- Beverly videos right, where he was Pat talking Beverly's shit about out him? Of control, though. He's <laughs> out of control, and Pat I think there was like, that meme. Everybody knows Chris Paul can't guard shit ever, and he's like, he's, he's never been able to guard shit. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are you saying, dude? I, I, yeah, he I, he like uh, he was Icarus, I think. You know, day one, he was cruising. You know, flight altitude. What's up, guys? I'm gonna make it off this island. And then on day two, he flew too close to the sun. Did you see where JJ Reddick like kind of shit on him very briefly? 
In a, in was, a, he talking, is it, was it the one where he's talking about? He's like, no, we can go back through year by year, dude. Like, no, it was, no, it was it, it like this one was this one. I don't know. I haven't seen that one, but this one was worse because it was so so dismissive. Is that like J, JJ's talking about? He's like, you know, he he's he, it's they're talking about Jason Tatum and uh, Jimmy Butler, and he's like, you know, there there are some similarities. They're both he. Here's what JJ Reddick says. He's like, they're both big wings. Um, athletic, highly talented, and and they play both sides of the ball very well. And Pat Beverly goes, huh? And he's like, <laughs> they play both sides of the ball very well. He's like, Jason Tatum? He's like, yeah. He's like, plays both sides? And, and J.J. Redick was like, yeah, he's good on defense. Did you watch the net series? And Pat Beverly was like, I mean, I've watched some. And, like, J.J. Redick just, like, Blows by him. Like, he, like, doesn't even let Pat Beverly finish. He just continues talking <laughs> like Pat Beverly never talked. And it's like, you're just up here to try and shit on people. Like, like Pat Beverly's not doing anything but just try like, firing shots in every direction and just hoping some of them land. And it's like, it was just hilarious for him to, like, he tried to shit on someone. And, like, another guy instantly was like, did you watch basketball? He was like, I mean, I don't. And I mean, just immediately it was just ghosted. It was like, it was like the most... TV political way for you to just basically tell someone shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It um, yeah. There was that tweet. I don't know if you saw that meme where it's like, you know, the meme where it's like one guy's facing the rock side of the bus, the other guy's facing the sunny side yeah. of the bus. But it was like two sides of the sunny side. It's like you know, Pat Beverly roasting Chris Paul, Chris Paul, or you know, then Pat Beverly getting roasted for roasting Chris Paul. It's like, <laughs> yeah. dude, I'm happy. Yeah, and people were, sh- yeah. I think Danny Green was shitting on him and Matt Barnes, but then... You know, yeah, then, Matt Barnes was shitting on him a little bit. That was pretty solid. I, I saw that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's that. I think ultimately uh, what I'll say is that I think my ideal finals matchup, and I don't know that it would go this way, but it's like in my brain, like, is Mavs Heat. Because if you get... I think so too. If you get so Luka, and the thing is, all right, so no superstar is going to guard the other team's superstar... Because there's too many chances for foul trouble, like over yeah, the course yeah, of the whole yeah. game, it just doesn't make sense. But I, all, there's like a small part of me that's like, but Jimmy Butler's a psycho. Like he he <laughs> wants. To and so I'm like, yeah. can you imagine if you get like a full final series of Luca, as great offensive player he is, and you got Jimmy Butler just trying to dog him the whole time? I was like, that would be such a fucking amazing yeah. series to watch. And because the thing is, too, I, I agree. I like Luca. Luca whines and complains a lot, and I'm like, can you imagine if like Luca starts trying to whine and complain, and while he's trying to whine and complain, Jimmy Butler's just there like, you soft, you soft, soft. <laughs> you dope boy, go lose weight, go hit the gym, and he's like, oh my god, he's like, that's the exact shit I want, bro. That's like, and then fucking Luca just goes, okay, and like slow, does one of his his weirdly fast like wiggle moves, step back yeah. threes. And then just drills in his face. Yeah, I think that's the matchup I want as well. Put that you shit know, there's in my like veins. the, <laughs> there's like the, there's like the, you know, there's like the, the, the micro stuff, like you know them two, and then Luca, because you know it'd be awesome to see Luca in the finals. You know, mm-hmm. He's fucking awesome. Um, but then of course there's like the, you know, a little bit more macro stuff, like you know, this would be the rubber match, you know, from 20, 2006 and twenty eleven. This would be like the third time they, they both face each other. Yeah. The, the Heat and the um, Mavs. I and, think I'd be rooting for Jimmy Butler. I just something about Jimmy Butler. I just I love him. Like he's a, he's, I, like I, I said, he's, he's I a think, maniac. But like, I, I'm here yeah. for it. For me, I, I think it would be like one of the situations where I think it was like the Super Bowl this year, where it's like if either side won, I would be okay with it because it's like either side's like 
first, right? right. Or not, we're not, you know, it's not, you know, it wasn't the Rams first, but it's like the first for Stafford, right? Or the first for Butler, or the first for Luca, right? Um, and then, uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I think honestly, think with any of the teams in the finals, I think I'd be okay with. It'd be cool to see Steph get a fourth. Mm-hmm. That'd be nuts. It would be cool to see, you know, Tatum get one, and 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 Jalen Brown and those guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the if I had to pick, if they're like, which one is your favorite? Which one would you want? I think I'd have to go with the Mavericks, but barely over the over the Heat. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think I also want that matchup. I think that's that's the most um, potent or the most right. Uh, that seems like a like a distinct matchup that we're going. Yeah, for. this is like a tail yeah. of the tapes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, a lot of narratives to build there. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but uh, that's the NBA. Um, I think that'll be the episode for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to catch me, you can catch me at T Moneybags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Evercastro92 on Instagram. If you want to catch the podcast, you can catch us at Different Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us, differentanimalspodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained. We'll catch you guys next week. Later. Peace.